0: hello
1: everybody welcome to the other side sports podcast with joe pickney anthony ortiz how you doing today anthony
0: real good real good how about you buddy
1: hey man doing well doing well um obviously we're going to cover the nfl draft which was excellent Uh, a little bit of nascar news i want to talk a little bit about the last dance too but let's get started with the nfl and our dallas cowboys my man
0: all right sounds good man so uh Um, obviously me and you, Joe, we're both huge Cowboy fans. Um, first, man, I thought we had a great draft on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So I'll kind of start just by stating that, um, and I'll kind of go through that here, uh, kind of start off with the Cowboys and then we'll kind of hit the other teams kind of as we go. Um, so Thursday night, man, I was shocked that CD lamb fell all the way down to us at 17. I was staying up late Thursday night because I had to work Friday morning and every pick that somebody took we're just getting closer and closer I'm like man Dallas has a real shot at either getting Jerry Judy or C.D. Lamb and uh, when when really when Oakland took um, took the guy they did Henry Rugg uh, I knew that that we were in a really good spot to be able to potentially get a lamb Um, I thought Oakland really reached by going for the speed guy it's kind of a Typical uh, Oakland move, Al Davis uh, special, go for the guy that runs a 4-2 instead of the guys that, you know, were proven. Um, So then when that put us in that spot, and then when uh, Judy got taken two picks before that, went to Denver – um, and then that pretty much just sealed C.D. Lamb right into our lap. Uh, man, I thought the C.D. Lamb pick was just phenomenal. Uh, what it did, it gave us a strength that we already had and just made it stronger. I mean, we got Gallup and you got Cooper and now you're adding C.D. Lamb is that number three. That is a much, much improved upgrade from Randall Cobb from last year, even though Cobb had a great year and I was happy with, with what he did. Um, we legitimately have three stud receivers now with that C.D. Lamb pick, so I was really, really happy with that i think that's gonna be a game changer dak has absolutely no excuses now after that pick with us having three legitimate uh really three legitimate number one options uh so kind of what's your thought on the cd land pick joe hopefully similar to as excited as i was about it yeah man actually uh i was i was just
1: elated man it, it was i thought i thought i texted you too but dude it was no i responded to your text but i was elated man and and I actually I had, you know, I had Lamb rated higher than Judy. Um I did too. He was my number one receiver. Lamb was my number one. Absolutely, because he, he he's just explosive and he catches catch radius is huge. Um he, he's just, he's probably not as, as fluid as Judy, but I'll tell you what, man, in terms of toughness, in terms of, you know, uh all around playmaker, just electric plays. Um, I, I was very, very happy with that pick, man, and, and I'll tell you what, man, once we got that pick, it just made you, it, you know, not. I, I didn't know a lot about the Chason kid from LSU, but man, yes. I was just dreading. I was hoping that they did not pick him because I felt like if they had picked him, then you kind of had that old Cowboys kind of picking for need and not necessarily the best available talent. And, uh, man, when we got Lamb, man, I was like, okay, it is on, man. So, yeah, you're right. Um, unfortunate news about Dak and his brother. But, yeah, you're right. Uh, Dak really – I mean, this is the true proving year for Dak. I mean, if you look at it, uh, you know, he's on that franchise tag. He has the weapons. He's going to have Jarwin unleashed, unleashed in the seams. He's going to have, I mean, he's going to have Tony Pollard. I'm hearing that uh, there's going to be, you know, primal packages for Pollard. Uh, I mean, he has every available uh, uh, skill position weapon that is needed for him to be uh, the best that he can be. I mean, obviously, the line plays a lot of part into it. You know, in terms of um, hopefully there is really no serious injuries to like Lyle, Zach, and Tyron. I think as long as we can keep those three, and you know, you have the other guys like McGovern and Connor Williams, and I'm very intrigued about the uh, the, the kid Tyler. It, it looks like his name is badass, but uh, <laughs> for, for for this podcast, he's badass if Tyler can uh, can even have just a little bit of what uh, Travis Frederick has, then, man, we got something there. You know what I'm saying? Even though we got Joe Looney coming back and things of that nature, I'm very intrigued by the Wisconsin center. You know, Wisconsin's been very good. You know, they're a staple for offensive linemen. So, um, and apparently McCarthy had really scouted this kid when he was out of the game and, you know, kind of meeting with the coaches and stuff and looking at tape. So – He's got a lot of, you know, game film on this kid. So man, hopefully uh that'll work out. But man, yeah, the CD Lamb, man, golly, it was just dude, the, the heavens opened. And and yeah. man, and 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 we we cashed in and it just turned out to be a great, great, great uh three-day process with the Cowboys. I'm very happy with our draft class.
0: Yeah, man, me too. CeeDee Lamb, kind of what you were talking about, explosive plays and everything kind of that he does. To me, he's kind of a – He's like a DeAndre Hopkins, but he's got a little bit of Dez Bryant in him. And When I say Dez Bryant, I mean it is hard to get CeeDee Lamb to the ground. When he catches, he has the ability to take a little 10-yard slant route and break two tackles and take it to the house. But he's kind of built like DeAndre Hopkins. He's got that D hop build to him, kind of has the deep D hop movement of him. And, you know, if he turns out to be anywhere close to the player that DeAndre Hopkins is, then the Cowboys absolutely got a hell of a draft pick there at number 17. So yeah, really, really happy about that pick.
1: Absolutely, man. Um, you know, let, let's talk about the second pick, uh, Trayvon Diggs out of Alabama. Trayvon Diggs. I, you yes. know, out of Alabama, long, lanky corner man, got a wide receiver background, so he knows how to track the ball. And that's with this type of defense that Mike Nolan and his guys are. Harris being the, uh, the uh, defensive backs coach, they're going to go get the ball you follow me and not yes. play the man. So I'm very happy about that. Um, you know, kid, uh, like they got him at pick 51, but brought had him on his board at, at 17 or 18. So man, it, yes. huge value in this draft, just crazy value, man.
0: Yes. And, and the other, uh, I'm a big believer in, uh, in pedigree, uh, Trayvon Diggs' brother is Stephon Diggs, wide receiver, was at Minnesota now is the Buffalo Bills wide receiver yep. so he's got he's got a brother that's in the league um, I watch Trayvon Diggs a lot, I watch a lot of SEC football just because it's the best conference there oh, is, yeah. um, I watch a lot of ACC football because that's my home deal but I do like the SEC And Trayvon Diggs was good, he was a great Alabama back, he learned from Nick Saban uh, which is, you know, Nick Saban is kind of, you know, the Bill Belichick of college football, so he learned from the Best. So, yeah, I was really happy with that pick. To be honest, I was shocked that he was there for the Cowboys in the second round. I thought he would be gone 15 picks before that. Honestly, I wouldn't have been shocked if he'd have gone late first. So for Dallas to pick him up in that mid to late second round was really, really shocking to me. So love that pick. And what it what that does to me, that helps offset the Byron Jones uh, the loss you're getting in Byron Jones. So I think Trayvon Diggs can step in there with Chidobe Ouzier, with um, Anthony Brown, with Jordan Lewis. And I think we have a pretty solid secondary now with those guys at corner. Um, we don't have a true number one lockdown corner, but for those you know four guys, and then they ended up drafting Reggie Robinson later in the fourth yeah. round, I think they have a pretty good solid quarterback group. So I'm very happy with that. Um, Now here for the third round, Dallas drafted uh, Neville Gallimore, defensive tackle from Oklahoma. I watched a lot of Oklahoma games as well in college uh, because – We'll get to him in a bit here, but I'm a huge Jalen. I was a huge Jalen Hurts fan, so I watched a lot of Oklahoma football last year because I really like Jalen Hurts. Um, however, Neville Gallimore, man, he flashed off the screen quite a bit for me when I was watching him. Um, he's a guy that can stuff the run, but he's also pretty pretty uh, agile for his size. So he's going to be able to rush the quarterback. And the other thing that I love about Neville Gallimore there in the third round is He's probably only going to play 15 to 20 plays a game because we got Gerald McCoy and we have uh, Denari Poe. So you're talking about some guys and Antoine Woods. So you're talking about some guys that can really rotate in there to keep that D line fresh. I'm a big believer in a fresh D line. I think you got to have like nine or 10 D linemen that can just constantly keep the pressure going on the quarterback and stopping the running game. And Dallas, with getting uh, Neville Gallimore, on plus what they added in free agency through the offseason, I really am, I love the Cowboys' defensive line going into this year. I think we're going to have a really good defensive line. And
1: and just think about it. You hadn't even mentioned the possibility of Alden Smith and Randy Gregory. Can you imagine if those guys, I mean, it doesn't have to be the first quarter of the season, but let's say they're kind of reinstated and and we can get them on the field let's say by week 8
0: yeah can you imagine yeah, that's going to be, and and really, we just need Alden Smith to be half of what he was five years ago, Absolutely. and it's going to be a great pickup. And Randy Gregory, every time Randy Gregory plays for the Cowboys, he gets pressure on the quarterback. So I really believe in their defensive ends. A couple other guys that maybe Cowboy fans forgot about, Tyron Crawford is going to be healthy this year, so I think you're going to see Tyron Crawford playing some D end. and I was really impressed with Dorrance Armstrong when he played some last year as well. I think he's going to get an opportunity to rush the quarterback some this year as well. So, yeah, man, I love that defensive line. Jim Tom Sola came over. He's the D-line coach, came over, uh, used to be the head coach of the 49ers at one time. I, I'm a fan of his. Seems like everywhere he goes, they have a good defensive line. So I'm I'm really excited about what we got there at D-line.
1: Yeah, I wa- And then – Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, and
0: then – No, you're good. And then the fourth – The other guy you mentioned earlier, I, I want to say it's Tyler – Piotic. But yeah, we'll we'll call him Badass. I like that. Um, Badass, that's a great pick because he was rated. He won the award for the top rated center in college football last year. I can't remember what that award's called, but he was the top rated center. So to get him in the last pick of the fourth round is fantastic. And you kind of mentioned it. We don't even need him to step in and be the center this year. I am perfectly fine. I think Joe Looney can hold that center spot down or Connor McGovern. One of the two, I I'm, I'm really think Joe Looney can, because he just did it two years ago when Frederick was out. So I don't think we even need badass to step in this year and do damage. But I think going forward, maybe after a year, two years, with the strength and conditioning guys in Dallas, I think he can be a nice center and fill that gap that Travis Frederick left when he retired.
1: Absolutely, man. Yeah, and let's talk about Brandon Anai, Utah. Uh, the the DN at pick 179, man. Bucky Brooks is so was so high on this guy, man. And like they said, okay, some of the measurables in the combine and in some of the like cone drills and things of that nature, he he, he didn't do too well. He's like average, but when you put on the tape and you put on the pad, yes, it's a totally different guy. And some and some, you know, I uh looked at you know some of his plays uh on YouTube. Dude, this this guy. Not only is he he smart, he's tough, and he just has some moxie about him. So I'm very happy to pick.
0: Yeah, I agree. And and the one thing that I just The thing that jumps off for me with Bradley and I, obviously I didn't watch any Utah football last year, so I didn't watch him play, saw some of his highlights. But the Senior Bowl is where everybody kind of comes and you show your stuff at the Senior Bowl. Bradley and I had three sacks and another two quarterback pressures playing at the Senior Bowl. So he's going against left tackles and right tackles that were drafted in the NFL just on the draft Saturday, and he got three sacks on that. That is just – unbelievable number. So, yeah, some of these guys, they these guys work out warriors, but sometimes you just got to who cares what that 40 times says? Who cares what that vertical jump says? Can you produce when you're on the field? And Bradley and I can produce when he's on the field. So, at the 5th round, I think that's an absolute steal of a pick. And then I just want to give him a little bit of love cuz he's one of my local boys, but 7th round, I'm probably the only not a whole lot of people probably heard of this guy, but I like Ben Danushi, the quarterback out of James Madison University. I live about an hour and a half away from James Madison University. I have a lot of friends who've attended JMU over the years, so they're a powerhouse Division III uh, football. So they were in the national championship game last year. They won the national championship game a couple years ago. Ben Danushi's a really got a lot of arm talent. He's a really, really good player. So to ha- get him in the seventh round to potentially battle Cooper Rush for that backup job, Job, I think was a great pick for Dallas there at like 231 uh, to pick up Ben Denushi. I'm I'm really interested in what that kid's got. Let me tell you, that kid, he is not a – not afraid to stand in that pocket and throw the ball. I saw him take some shots at JMU, and he just keeps getting up, and and he's got very nice arm, a lot of arm talent, was originally at Pitt University and transferred to JMU, so that's another pick that we got in the seventh round that was just great. So, all in all, I could not be any happier for the Cowboys draft. If Jerry wants to draft on that yacht again next year, and this is the result he's going to do, I say let him draft on that thing every year. Because
1: that was awesome. Absolutely, man. And then just a couple of notes on Ben DiNucci. Uh, one scout where it says, slippery like Romo. I was like, oh, oh yes. here we go. Slippery like Romo, <laughs> loves football. And he has a connection to Mike McCarthy. Seems like, I don't know if it's Mike's brother-in-law or somehow coached Ben DiNucci's brother. Or somehow there's a connection to M- McCarthy, which is really good, you know. Stuff. Yeah, so definitely. very happy about that, man. But yeah, you're right. You know, obviously, the draft class got uh, A's, A pluses. Obviously, ESPN and I, I. Well, I told you how I felt about ESPN. Uh, you know, Mel Kuiper <laughs> with the B plus and all that good stuff. And you know, uh, you know, he he wasn't gonna have anybody vault over his uh, beloved Baltimore Ravens. But but but, yes. but I tell you, man, this this this. I'm just excited, man. I'm excited because you looks it is a whole new direction. I was listening to uh uh 103.5 in Dallas and they had Will McClay, you know, obviously who's the VP of uh personnel and they had him on yes. there and they said that you know, obviously when the coaching change happened and things of that nature, he wanted to, you know, the those scouts are always leery about the, the new coaching regime. And he said the the they all leaped out of their chairs when McCarthy said, just go get us the best players. And if we can't fit the best
0: players into our scheme, then
1: we got a problem with our scheme.
0: Yeah, that is music oh my to my goodness, ears as well. Man. And and how awesome was it seeing Mike McCarthy with that big smile on his face when we drafted C D Lamb. I thought of that for one one reason is uh Man, I saw a stat. The Packers haven't drafted a first round wide receiver the entire time Aaron Rodgers has been yeah. in Green Bay. So that's just insane. You know, you got a talented quarterback like Aaron Rodgers and you don't get many weapons. I don't understand that. But Mike McCarthy, I think that was part of that smile. He's like, all right, I'm out of Green Bay. I'm in Dallas and they're giving me plenty of weapons to work with. So you're going to see a very interesting Cowboys offense next year, I think, with Mike McCarthy. He likes to run the West Coast, but you're gonna see an explosive offense and you're gonna see a lot of points being scored uh by by that that team because they are they just have talent everywhere. They are loaded. A-
1: absolutely, man. I'm 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 with you, man. Hey, let's talk about the Packers and Jordan Love. What did you think of that move?
0: Yeah, that was probably uh like I talked about Henry Rugg earlier. That was kind of my first like what the heck kind of moment when they drafted him at 12. And this was my second like what the heck kind of moment. It's just shocking to me, man, that the Green Bay Packers are even considering already moving away from Aaron Rodgers in the future. I know Aaron's going to be 37 in December, but I got to be honest, I know his stats might have been down a little bit. I've watched a lot of Aaron Rodgers play. I don't think he's lost anything on that arm or anything on the productivity. I think he's just as good now as he was four years ago. I like Jordan Love as a player. Don't get me wrong. He deserved to be a first-round pick. I just don't think he deserved i don't think green bay was the right fit for him and i know what they're thinking we're gonna let him sit for two three years learn behind Rodgers. but Rodgers is that kind of a guy personality wise i just don't know how much he's gonna jump in and help jordan love and i think that aaron really needed some help at wide receiver if you look at that packers team past Devonte adams at wide receiver they don't have much it's a lot of guys that were six seventh round draft picks I think that they really could have used either the tight end from Notre Dame that ended up going late second round, or maybe try to grab one of those receivers. Um, but you know, that's they decided to go the Jordan Love route, so we'll see how that goes, man. But I was just really surprised at that, and I wasn't didn't love the move, honestly. I thought it was no pun intended. I did not love that that draft pick for the Packers.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I um, you know, once again, I heard. Today that apparently things are not rosy in uh in in Green Bay and apparently the uh, the coach there is is wanting to just it's just not good between him and Aaron even though they had that thirteen and three record I think we all know that wasn't really a true thirteen and three team you know and and, and yeah, uh, yes. so it sounds like it sounds like on the surface they're saying hey you know we're just insurance things of that nature but what i'm hearing is there's some smoldering uh between Aaron and the coach so what we'll, we'll see what happens man but I, like you said man to not draft the receiver for this guy who's a generational talent that's just unacceptable man no matter how much he's killed our cowboys what have you when you got a, when you got a quarterback with that amount of talent and and just you can't do that so i i i don't really blame the guy if he's frustrated or what have you. And uh I, I really, to me, I'm expecting the Packers to take a huge step back because they got a tougher schedule this year. I'm just expecting them to take a huge step back. What would
0: what say you? Yeah, I agree with you, man. I think that. Uh, the Packers, the thing that I worry about, Devontae Adams has be- dealt with injuries for the past several seasons. And if if Devontae Adams goes down, you're talking the number one receiver for the Green Bay is going to be Devin Funches. And then they have MVS Mon- uh, uh, Valdez Marquez Valdez-Scantling. That's not enough talent around Aaron Rodgers to get anything done offensively. So I I really believe that Minnesota is the best team in that division uh, right now. I do believe that. So we'll, we'll see how it shakes out, man. But, yeah, I just – I the weird unacceptable that you use, that's pretty much the word that I think uh, when I'm thinking about how the Packers have really loaded talent. If you really even look at it as a whole, man, over the last, like, ten years – Aaron Rodgers has one Super Bowl win as good as he is and in 12 you know 13 years he's got one Super Bowl appearance and one Super Bowl win you can't put that on Aaron man that's he's just he hasn't had enough help they have not given him enough help to get to to get where they need to go so yeah, I kind of, to be honest, I kind of feel bad for Aaron, and I wouldn't be shocked if in two years, if it's time for Jordan Love to come in and play for Green Bay, I wouldn't be shocked to see Aaron playing somewhere else to end his career. Kind of all I, yeah, think, man. yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. How do you think Joe Burrow
0: will do in Cincinnati? Um, so man, I'm a huge Joe Burrow fan, just because what I saw last year was, man, he was electric. Um, the the thing with Joe Burrow that I'm the ones sc- kind of skeptic that i have on him he did have a lot of talent at lsu he had hilaire the running back he had jefferson he had judy he had track guys all over the field he had my guy thad moss um oh, at went... tight end um Dude. so yeah went to the redskins which sucked but yeah man that, i, I wasn't happy about, you. about I that, you text but, you on that yeah Oh, yeah, I hated that. But, but Burrow, had Burrow. I, I really hope that he's able to have a good career in Cincinnati. I just don't know if Cincinnati is the right fit for him. I think a lot of quarterbacks, it's more, I think it's 50-50. You got to have a quarterback that's got a lot of talent, but I think they have to be in the right fit when they're a young quarterback. I just don't know if Cincinnati is going to be the right fit for him. But we'll see. I think he's got all the tools to definitely be a number one player. So we'll kind of see how that goes. What do you what do you kind of think? Kind of same same yeah, thing I'm thinking.
1: I, I think like you said that that team uh, LSU is going to prove to be one of the uh, all-time great college football teams if you ask me once it all shakes out in a yes. couple of years but uh yeah I I think Burrow I think the kid has the Moxie I think he has the confidence um, but I just think it's going to be a struggle, you know, when you have an organization like that. And and I, I do agree with Mel Kuyper, you know, everybody acts like Cincinnati didn't have no type of success. They did have success under Marvin Lewis. They just weren't able to kind of get over the hump and win a playoff game. So I think it's going to take some yes. time, but I, I I do, I will say this, I will uh, pay attention to, the, you know, the, the, the box scores on Cincinnati and, and, you know, obviously the red zone and stuff like that to see how Burrow does because he does have that moxie about him, even though when he was drafted in, in his house, it looked like he was being held hostage or something. He didn't kill, he didn't really <laughs> show the emotion, but I get it, though. I think it was a foregone conclusion. They had, they had already said that they had talked to him, I, I think, that Monday or Tuesday and told him they were going to pick him. So I guess you know he's a cool type of guy so he's kind of sat there and you know kind of just like hey whatever we we all, we all knew this was going to happen so it was pretty good man um I, I i just i hope aj green he's he's a guy that's kind of from my hometown area uh in south carolina <laughs> i hope aj can stay healthy and in in lease help burrow
0: a little bit you know But we'll see you know we'll we'll see hopefully he can stay healthy this year yeah, that's going to be the key. He's got some weapons when they got A.J. Green out there, but in, in, in that Boyd they got a T Higgins 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 as well, it's just kind of – yeah. Yeah. And then T Higgins as well. So they got some weapons there. It's just, you know, AJ Green hasn't shared that he can stay healthy over yep. the last four or five years. So that's gonna be Joe Burrow's gonna need a number one receiver. And if he doesn't have AJ Green on the field, I think he will struggle uh at times. And he's in a tough oh division, man. He's gotta go play Andy Baltimore twice. He gotta play you gotta man. play Pittsburgh twice. So he's gonna be playing good defenses. At least four times a year, and then the Browns solid, too. Solid Don't use. forget, you know, Miles Garrett's been
1: reinstated. That they got a heck of a defensive line there. So, so yeah, it, it, it's yes. going to be a tough road for Burrow, but he's a tough kid. You know, uh, they did a great special on him uh, about his hometown and in in, in in the Ohio area. So he's a tough kid. He know he knows what uh, he knows what's in store for
0: him. So I, I think he'll be fine. You know. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Um, kind of. Then the next guy, kind of, got to talk about it here. Let's talk about Tua okay. for a minute here. Uh, so Tua, Tua went there, number five to Miami, um, which kind of was expected. I think everybody kind of ex- saw if Tua was there at number five, everybody kind of thought that Miami uh, was gonna grab him. So take for Tua worked for Miami. They just got him at number five instead of number one, like like they thought before the year was uh, going. So I'm actually, I think. Tua in Miami, I expect big things out of Tua, but not this year. I think if Miami's smart, this was a big debate on uh, between Skip and uh, Shannon Sharp the other day. I wouldn't start Tua out of the gate um, just because he's dealing with that hip injury. If I'm Miami, I'll go ahead and start Ryan Fitzpatrick for the first seven, eight games of the year, and then, you know, depending on how things go with Ryan, if you're not in playoff contention, that kind of deal, go ahead and slot Tua in and see what he's got, but the one thing I really believe in Tua, I think Tua's a really good quarterback, I like Alabama, Alabama's probably like my second favorite college team if you would say uh, if you have a second favorite I'm a North Carolina State fan you know that's my my team but I do like Alabama I'm a big Nick Saban guy I like him so I do like Tua and I, I'm a big Brian Flores fan man I'll be honest I really like Brian Dude, Flores coach there in Miami so yes huge fan of Brian Flores so I to me if you look at that team that they had last year in Miami they had no business winning five games. Okay, that was all Brian. Brian Brian Flores took a one-win team and got five wins out of them. And Brian Flores is a very smart coach. So I think going forward, they had a lot of draft picks. They had a really good draft in Miami. They got Devontae Parker, who's an absolute stud. I watched him against Philadelphia last year. Philly just could not yeah, cover yeah. Devontae Parker. He just yeah. killed him there in the Philly game. So I'm a huge fan of his. So I think is going to have a pretty good career in Miami. And I'll be honest, I wouldn't be shocked if Miami, maybe not this year coming – coming up but the following year after that wouldn't be surprising Miami's a borderline playoff team here in like two years I I just I have that much confidence in Brian Flores I like him that much and I like Tua as well hey man
1: I uh I agree with everything you said only thing I don't agree with I think they should just redshirt Tua this year I really do because like you say they still have a lot of draft capital for next year and Fitzmagic he will battle he will he's tough as nails and I just think the culture that they built—they brought some uh, veterans in there, like Kyle, Calvin Noy. Um, I think there's another. I think they uh, there's another veteran they brought in there too. I I just personally would red shirt tour this year. And really get him in that NFL, you know, especially with the way this COVID-19 and you really, you know, you really won't be able to do some of the things that you would normally do in terms of all season conditioning, strength and conditioning. I just think they should redshirt him this year and um, allow him to be able to just rehab that thing up under a pro, you know, sports, uh, <clears throat> sports science you know, as far as getting, you know, getting you back up to where you need to be as far as injuries. And I think they should uh, hit the ground running with him next year, you know, but just like you said, it just depends on how the health uh, plays out for him. But I, I personally would redshirt shirt him, you know, but yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. I, yeah in I don't disagree. His, man, with that. Yeah,
1: he's building, man. they got something smoldering there. They got a good base. Um, it seems like he's really galvanized. All areas of the organization Looks like uh, Stephen Ross Absolutely loves the guy Okay and that's huge When the owner loves the coach Like that so this guy Is yes I think he's going to be The one Belichick disciple That really really continues on You know the tradition like when Parcells had uh, You know Bill Belichick I think uh, uh, Flores will be uh, Will be the Belichick uh, to uh, you know, for Bill, in terms of you know marrying yeah, the, no. uh, success between the two Bills, but yeah, man, I'm ex- I'm excited about Miami, man. They need to. I the Dolphins is one of those
0: teams that need to be there. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> No, they definitely do, and, and and it's coming at the right time because they finally got New England, which is kind of at a yeah. rebuilding stage now, so yeah. New England's finally starting to come down as to where Miami's peaking, so this could be right at that right time for the Dolphins, and, and also the other thing I didn't mention about Fitzpatrick is Fitzpatrick oh, is yeah. a consummate pro, man. He's been in the league like 10 years. He's a Harvard grad. He's a really smart guy. Tua is going to learn how to be a pro from Ryan Fitzpatrick, and that's going to help a lot. Uh, there's a lot to say behind that. Those guys that that learn from those pros, you know, I think it helped Dak a lot getting one year to be able to, even though he was in front of Romo, he watched Romo yeah. prepare still, even after Romo came back from his injury. So I think that stuff really, really resonates with those guys. So Dak actually still says about, Mark Sanchez was on that roster and Dax said he learned so much from Mark Sanchez, just about how being a pro. So I too was going to learn a lot from being a pro from Fitzpatrick. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you on, on all that. Um, And then my last kind of, big note from the draft. This actually happened in the second round on day two Friday. Man, I was bummed about this at one, So part of me was bummed about this. I'm a huge Jalen Hurts fan, man. Love Jalen Hurts. He's my guy. He's been my favorite college player for like three years now. Even after he left Bama, went to Oklahoma, I rooted for him. And of all the teams to pick Jalen Hurts, the Philadelphia Eagles picked Jalen Hurts. My, My least favorite squad of everybody. So I'm torn on this one because I really want Jalen Hurts to be successful and I truly believe in my heart that jo- jalen hurts can be an nfl quarterback to me he's like russell wilson but bigger he's russell with size he's got like huge legs they said he deadlifts yeah. like 600 pounds he's just a freak but i, I like i think his leadership tangibles And his arm is good enough. The guy's got pretty good arm strength, pretty good arm accuracy. He's going to get better in the league. But, man, I did not understand Philadelphia drafting him. On one side, I get it because Carson Wentz is constantly hurt, and maybe you want Jalen Hurts to come in and bring some, you know, to to potentially, hey, if if Wentz goes down, we put Jalen Hurts in, in. But. He just gave Wentz a hundred million dollars, like last year. So you either believe in Wentz or you don't. So hundred million tells me I believe in him. And then the next year drafting a quarterback in the second round. It's not like they got some guy in the seventh round. This was a second round pick that they drafted Jalen Hurts. So. I was, I was, I was torn on that pick because I was like, man, I'm happy for Jalen. I hate it because Philly got him. But then I'm looking at Philly's draft, you know, and I'm like, well, this pick's not going to help him get any better. So then I was kind of happy they got him too because it Philly didn't have a very good draft to me, man. I know I'm a Cowboys guy, but that the Cowboys I think leaps and bounds better than Philadelphia. Yeah, me too, And
1: I'll I'll tell you this, man. I think uh, I'm I'm very happy for Jalen because he's a good man. He's a good leader. Um, I think he got a lot better under Lincoln Raleigh in terms of anticipation and just running a pro offense. Here's the thing that worries me about what's going to happen in Philly. If you remember Nick Foles, right? Good, strong Christian-based man. And I know uh, Carson Wentz is a Christian too. But for whatever reason, Carson Wentz lacks that leadership that – For a quarterback of his skill, that intangible leadership, he still lacks it. Jalen Hurts has that intangible that is off the charts. So I'm wondering, I'm wondering absolutely if that locker room will galvanize with Hurts because he's a hard worker, he's going to work hard. And I'm just wondering Mm -hmm. if you're going to have the same thing over again with Foles and Wentz now it's going to be Hurts. I because you're right. That's a Russell Wilson 2.0 and he works hard and he is a natural leader, man. I'm telling you, I just think this Wentz guy, man, he Wentz has all the physical attributes. We all know that. But to me and I you, you know, I don't agree really with Skip with a lot, but there's something missing from that intangible part and I think it's going to be exposed with Jalen
0: Hurts again. I really do. I, I agree, and and I was reading a lot of stuff on the computer after, or on Twitter there after they drafted Jalen Hurts, and they're like, oh, well, they'll use them for Taysom Hill you don't use a second round pick on a guy that's going to have those Taysom Hill packages. So to speak, you just don't, you're not going to bring Jalen hurts in Maybe you do. Maybe you bring him in to run the wildcat, like three to five plays. But you know, the Baltimore did that with Lamar at first. And then Lamar came right in and started after, you know, Flacco struggled. So it's going to be the same boat there with Jalen. You got a second round pick. You're going to want him to play at some point. And, and I agree with you. What could happen very well, Wentz has not shown that he can stay healthy. He's pretty much been hurt every year uh, that he's been in the league. So if if Wentz goes down and Jalen comes in and starts playing well, Philadelphia is going to have a problem on their hands because that team is going to galvanize behind Jalen Hurts. And then if he's putting up numbers there to back it up, Philly then has to make that tough decision, do you you know, I don't think you can keep both of those guys right. on the roster for more than a couple of years. So then they'll really have a tough decision. Do we move Jalen Hurts, which we just got a second round pick invested in? Do we move our hundred million dollar man and went? So we'll, we'll see how that goes. But I do agree with you overall. Uh, Carson Wentz, he's got all the talent in the world. He just doesn't, I don't know, he doesn't do it for me. I don't, I don't believe in Carson Wentz. I'll I'll be honest with you. I don't believe in Carson Wentz. And no, no matter what team they were on, everybody loves to compare Dak and Wentz since they've been in the league about the same time. I just think Dak is just flat out better than Carson Wentz. And pretty much, Every category, maybe not an arm strength, but when it comes to any kind of intangibles, any kind of winning football games, anything like that, I'll take Dak over Carson Wentz. Man, I'm looking for
1: time. a huge year for Dak, man. This, this is I, I, I'm i telling you, I want Dak to be our quarterback. I'm, I'm serious. I know I was on the fence. I really wanted them to put Romo back in. I really I, – I will go to my grave saying had they put Romo back in for that playoff run, we <laughs> would have been Super Bowl champs, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but uh, but uh, I, I really <clears throat> want Dak to be able to just take it to a whole nother level with this offense, and um, if, if, if he can do that, then, you know, it, it even solidifies my belief in him because I believe in him now. I really do. And uh I, I want I just want this to, to work out to where especially with you gotta figure the guy, man. He his his mom died and, and, and then his brother to suicide. I just golly man, it's if it's not one thing, it's another, you know? So I really want this to to uh you know that galvanize with all these weapons and take us where we need to go, man. Cause I'm 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 ready for our boys to go to the Super Bowl. What do you think about uh Tampa Bay? What what do you think of Tampa Bay?
0: Oh man. So yeah, that was some big news that happened last week. Uh, since the last time we've done a, done a podcast. So uh, first of all, Tampa Bay getting Rob Gronkowski coming out of retirement, man, that, that's just, man, that's something else right there. So not only do you now add the goat, because to me, yeah. there's and I think yeah. we both agreed on this, yes. there's no argument. He is the goat and Tom Brady. So now you add Rob Gronkowski, who's, I don't know. I would say he's got to be a top five of all time tight end, even if he never played a snap, right? He's at least got to be top five. So you've added a top five all time tight end on top of Tom Brady. And then they go out and they get a left tackle in the draft there at 13 overall, traded up one spot uh, and, and got somebody to protect Brady's blind side. Tampa Bay is going to be strong next year. I'm telling you, you just look at that offense, you added Gronk. You've already got Mike Evans there. You've already got Godwin there. Now they've got OJ Howard. So you got Gronk and OJ Howard, which potentially could be like yep. a, like a yep. Gronk and Aaron Hernandez type situation when they were in New England. So that offense is going to score some points. And, and the one thing that I think people are like, you know, sleeping on a little bit is Tampa's defense wasn't that bad last year. So they were a seven and nine team. They had some rough patches on defense at times. But Jameis Winston turned the ball over 40 times last year, 40 turnovers. He threw 30 interceptions. He fumbled, I think it was like 11 or 12 times. He had over 40 turnovers. That is tough on a defense when you're getting getting a short field that many times to be able to hold somebody. So I think Tampa is the favorite to come out of the NFC. As of now, obviously, it's super early. You know, we still got to get through preseason and training camp and everything else who knows what any kind of moves could still be made but i'd say right now super early i think tampa is the favorites come out of the nfc um and i think our cowboys are right there probably at a close second behind them it's kind of how i rank the nfc right now but i love tampa i love what they're doing and to be honest, I'm rooting for him. I root for him all the way until they play the Cowboys because I'm a huge Brady fan. He's the GOAT. And, it, you know, as long as he's not knocking the Cowboys out of the playoffs. Yeah, man, James
1: is the only person in the 30-30 club. And don't you know, interception number 30 was a pick six, too. It lasted. Unbelievable. Couldn't believe <laughs> yeah. it, man. But, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. I think uh, and the thing that I love about Brady was – the pick that they uh, the, the kid that they picked, Brady's study taped on all the offensive uh linemen, and he felt like that guy would be able to best fit with, with how he likes to throw and maneuver in the pocket. Can you believe that? This guy is unbelievable, man.
0: Unbelievable, he, he's the man. hardest worker out there, man. That's a, if you look, if you look at Tom Brady, his. I don't think his like arm strength or arm accuracy or any of those kind of like physical attributes, he's not anywhere up there with like the top, you know. I wouldn't put him up there with Breeze's arm or with Wentz's arm or some of those guys. He just outworks everybody to death. And he's done that his whole career. That's just how Tom Brady is. He just has an unbelievable desire to win. And little details like that, he is just a student of the game. And, man, it's just – I know he's gotten a lot of flack over the years. A lot of people don't like Tom Brady. But it's going to be like the Jimmy Johnson thing. You know, when Jimmy retires – Next year, everybody's going to realize three years down the road just how great Jimmy was in his prime there for NASCAR. It's going to be the same for Brady. Two, three years down the road, once Brady hangs the helmet up, people are going to realize, man, we really did witness the greatest of all time and just how Absolutely, awesome it was man. that and he what, was shout in out to
1: New Orleans. I, I tell you what, man, if you, if you look at it, if Drew Brees happens to go down once again, they'll be in great position like They did with Teddy Bridgewater because Jameis signed off one year, and I'm pretty sure under Sean Payton, because Sean is a pull no punches type of uh, coach, I'm pretty sure you won't see that you saw in Tampa. Um, you know, obviously, I, I think too, with the uh, you know, I know people kind of make fun of it, but with him having that LASIK surgery and things of that nature, he's lost a lot of weight. I just think it's a great. Insurance plan for New Orleans and it keeps them right in the thick of things as far as you know, you know, competing for the uh, for the NFC title based on their quarterback death with Taysom Hill, Winston, and, and Drew Brees. How do you feel about that?
0: Yeah, exactly, man. I'll, t- I'll be honest, I was talking to a uh, guy at work the other day about this. I don't blame a lot of those interceptions on. Jameis Winston, if you watch a lot of those the tape things that I watched, Jameis was taking a lot of like seven-step drops, man, where he's taking like seven-step drops, and then by the time he goes all the way back there, starts unloading, that's not Jameis Winston's game. He's a he's a three-step drop, get the ball out type of guy. So I don't think they really Fit his style of play last year, and I think it caused a lot of those issues that he had. Um, Sean Payton's not going to make those mistakes. If Drew Brees happens to go down, then Jameis Winston will come in with an offense tailored to Jameis's strengths, and he will they will be just fine with him at quarterback, just like they were with Teddy B last year. So yeah, and honestly, I'm kind of intrigued for New Orleans as you know. Say Drew Brees does one more year and decides he's hanging it up. If I'm New Orleans, I'm probably okay with going forward with Jameis Winston for a couple years as my potentially long-term replacement for Drew Brees. I mean, the guy's got a lot of talent. He was a number one overall pick for a reason. So I, I'm, i I, man, he had a horrible year last year when you turned the ball over 40 times, but I still think you, he can be oh, a yeah. really solid. I like what they did
1: uh, over the weekend was a the 49ers. They got Ken law. Who's a stud. Um, They got the uh, receiver out of uh, Arizona state. I, I like what the 49 and then they picked up Trent williams for for what a third and a it's a four and a five a third and a five three and a five a oh, five I, yeah I, three I and a five absolutely you know? love what the 49ers did and 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 I, I tell you what man i think they're gonna be because with joe staley retiring you just plug Trent williams right in there and, and and go from there man so i really love what the 49ers did too
0: Yeah, the 49ers are going to be really, really good as well. They're going to be one of the top NFC teams. What it comes down to for the 49ers is, to me, is Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo's the key. So they're going to have a harder schedule this year, you know, by winning that division last year. They're in a tough division. You know, Seattle's going to be good again. I look for the Rams to really fall off, to be honest with you. Yeah, I don't look for the Rams to be too good, but I look for Seattle to be pretty solid. And Arizona's gonna be a lot better as well. I mean, oh yeah shoot, you give yeah. Kyler Murray DeAndre Hopkins now, yep. that's they're gonna they're gonna put some points up. D hop on one side and Larry Fitz on the other side. That's that's nice uh, uh, for Kyler. Absolutely. He's gonna have some weapons to throw to next year, but but uh, I look for uh I think yeah, I liked what, what San what uh, San Francisco did. And to be honest, man, I really like what Kansas City did uh, just by grabbing that running back Hilaire from LSU with that last pick. Like, man, like, is Kansas City's offense already like hard enough to stop? And then you go get the best running back in the draft to add to that. I'm just like, can Pat Mahomes have any more weapons? I mean, does he need any more? God, he's just got them everywhere. I mean, it's just unreal. So, yeah, you better believe Kansas City's going to be locked and loaded and putting up plenty of. Thirty and forty point games again next year, and adding Hilaire is just going to be. And did you
1: hear that? That's yeah, just going to make. It they were worse. actually going to. They were actually going to go up and get rugs. They wanted rugs. Can you imagine having rugs? Hill, oh my goodness, that would have been just with along with Hardman. Are you kidding me?
0: Oh. Yep. Hardman and, and Robinson and then they got Sammy Watkins still it's like man, Travis I know, Kelsey right? it's I like how are we supposed to guard all these guys it's a track meet out here and, and you got a guy Patrick Mahomes who Pat Mahomes man he could throw the ball 50 yards down the field like it's nothing I mean he flicks his wrist and it goes 50 yards so it ain't like he has any problem with arm strength getting these speed guys the ball so yeah that would have just been Rugs like I say I, I kind of crucified Oakland for that pick cuz I don't believe he was number 12 overall. I thought he was more like 25, 30 and and if I'm Oakland, I just don't see how you draft Rugs over CD Lamb or Jerry or uh, Jerry Judy. man. I just don't I wouldn't even have taken him over uh Jefferson to be honest. I thought Jefferson hey, was better under than Rugs, but homies, that's just me. five Super Bowls. I'm talking wins. I'm talking wins. Oh man, that's a tough one. Whew, five Super Bowl wins. I'm going under five Super Bowl wins based off uh, the competition that he's going to have in this era. I think that this era, Lamar Jackson is not going away anytime soon in that Ravens team. So so Pat Mahomes is just going gonna to have to get by Lamar seemingly every year. Uh, you know, remember those great battles between yep. uh, Manning and Brady going ahead to head in the playoffs? I think Mahomes and Lamar is going to be that battle in the AFC for, for years to come. But I I wouldn't be shocked if he got five, but I'm going to go under if I'm getting a, uh, if I'm, you know, if I had a gun to my head, say you got a pick, I'm going three. I I think think he gets three Super Bowls when it's all said and done. Man, (laughs) all I want is one. I mean, I just want one, man. Just give me one. But, but I don't know, man. Us Cowboy fans, we're so, you know, you said, made me laugh. You said 2016, we put Romo in. I feel the same way about 2014. I'm like, if the ref doesn't blow that call and Dez gets that catch in Green Bay, we win that game. We go to Seattle in the NFC Championship the next year, who we'd already beaten earlier in the year in Seattle. I thought two thousand fourteen was like our year to win the Super Bowl. I believed in that team like no other. So, man, I just hope Dak gets one. But I'll, you know, I'll say two. But I just want one. Hey, you that's all I want. I ain't being greedy. Plays I just want really one.
1: screwed us in that twenty fourteen game. Remember when Demarco fumbled that ball
0: and he? And there was,
1: yeah, that's what. Really yes, the Murray did.
0: fumble, man. And who stripped that – somebody was, came out of I nowhere to that strip that freaking tight. ball. And it was uh, – no, it was the, the – the, the end effort, that used to be effort, on the Panthers effort. forever. And then he went to the Packers. He was a oh, stud. God. Julius Peppers. Yeah, Pep, man, if you watch that play, I've seen it. So I can, can't believe I didn't exactly. remember it was Julius. Murray, that's a touchdown. <laughs> I mean, he has a clear tunnel to the end zone. And Peppers comes over and knocks that ball out. That was just <laughs> – Man, that that play will that play, and then the Dez catch; those things will just, and and then the Rodgers the Rogers uh, throw to uh, to JerMichael was it JerMichael believe You know who was he threw that?
1: What was Byron? Jared Cook, Cook, yeah, that, that throw to Jared Cook that, in twenty
0: sixteen
1: is why I'm not mad that we don't have Byron Jones. I'm serious.
0: Yes. <laughs> Yeah, what the hell was Byron Jones thinking? I'm like, dude, it's ten seconds left on the clock. Like, you're in no man's land right now. Like get over there and cover what are you doing? To
1: the the Redskins, their D line is going to be oh my god, the D line is gonna be dominant.
0: Dominant. Stacked. Stacked. Yeah, so I, I live in Redskin country, man. I'm about I live. 40, I could be at Landover in an hour. I can be at Lando- Landover Field so uh, or FedEx Field, Landover. So there's a lot of buzz around the Redskins right now. Chase Young is a really, really good pick. I think he's going to be a really good NFL player. And, man, yeah, you got him. You got Kerrigan. You got Montez Sweat. You got Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne. I mean, the D-line is just stacked. And then Ruben Foster is potentially going to be oh, able to play for Washington next year as well oh, coming man. off that injury ACL injury I believe he had. So that that Redskins team in the front seven is is loaded. Now, they're going to have some problems out back. Uh, they lost both Josh Norman and Quentin Dunbar. Uh, both of them are gone. And they did pick up um, – oh, man, they got a corner from the Chiefs. And they got Landon Collins. Um, they paid him too, right? a pretty good amount of money. Kendall Fuller, Kendall Fuller. They got Landon Collins playing at the free safety spot. So, but I think they're going to have some problems with corner. Kendall Fuller is going to be their number one now. So, but their seven is going to be really, really tough. They have a nice core. I love what Ron Rivera is doing at Washington. I'll be honest. I hate it because I can't stand the Redskins. It's in my DNA as a boys fan, but I like what they're doing. I think this year they're not going to, I don't think they're going to be too great. I just don't think they're going to be able to score enough points this year, man. Their number one receiver. Going into this year is probably going to be that Terry McLaurin, the the rookie from last year, and that's all they got, man. They lost uh, Paul Richardson. They don't have hardly anybody in depth at that wide receiver spot, so they're going to really struggle to score points. But they're going to the, Dallas when they play uh, the Redskins. I would set Ezekiel Elliott on your fantasy team because I think they're going to be really hard Speaking to run the Z- ball against. He with that front
1: better team. get in shape and
0: he better be ready to roll, man. Yeah this all of them has put up or shut up time this year and you know C.D. Lamb, like I said, he's got some Dez Bryant in him. He is like a hard-to-get-down type of guy. Dez, when he was young, you just couldn't get him to the ground. You'd throw him a little two-yard pass, and and he'd break three tackles and, and go 20 yards. That's kind of how C.D. is. So, I'm hoping that the personality that C.D. has maybe brings out a fire in Amari and maybe brings out a little fire in Ezekiel Elliott because that's what these guys need, man. They Zeke's got to come in in shape. Amari's got to come in, you know, prepared and focused and ready to Absolutely. go. And, Absolutely, and man, Dak absolutely. just needs
1: to be that Great breakdown with yeah, the right. NFL, man. Let's switch over to our boys in NASCAR and tell me about this big news with Matty Kinziff.
0: Yeah, man. So, shocker of yesterday. I didn't see this one coming. And, man, let me tell you, it's rare in sports nowadays right, you get right, shocked right. because there's, like, no rumors about it. You know what I mean? Like, this one just came out of left field. Like, there was no – like, basically – I, I I saw that Ryan Newman was ready to return on uh, Monday. They announced, uh, you know, or Sunday before the E race at Talladega. They announced, you know, Newman's gonna be ready to return. So then they start talking about, Ganassi's got their new driver pick for Monday. And I think everybody just thought, well, Ross Jasteen's out of the six now because Newman's coming back. It's the fit for him to go in that 42 car. Um, But then Monday I'm at work and I'm looking. I'm like, Matt Kenseth is coming back in the 42. That is just wild. Shocker out of left field. Um, My first reaction is. Is how cool is that? Like that's awesome to see Matt Kenseth coming back, um, and and how great is that for the sponsors? I think that's kind of the big thing. Kind of reading a little bit what I read on the internet, you know, you got uh McDonald's and Capital One Bank after going through this, you know, debacle they went with with Larson, they want to make sure they got somebody PR-wise who they know is going to be a shoe-in for for you know, endorsing their company. And there's no more of a, a pro than is Matt Kenseth. So, they're not going to have any any issues with that. So, I'm happy Matt Kenseth back. Kenseth rubbed me the wrong way about 3-4 years ago when he when he put Logano in the wall oh, I <laughs> there that. at Martinsville, uh, that playoff race. But I'll forgive him. <laughs> I bet you, I know you did. <laughs> I know you did. <laughs> and about everybody else there did too, because they were screaming and hollering and cheering. But um, I'll forgive Matt Kenseth for that. And and it's very intriguing now, man. Ganassi's got Matt Kenseth in the 42 and Kurt Busch in the one, the old Ralph Racing teammates from like, you know, yeah, yeah. where well, they were teammates probably 10, 15 years ago. And and now they're they're back together. So that's going to be that's Somebody, a nice pair they got. And, and I was great news on
1: Ryan Newman returning when you know when whenever NASCAR hits the track and it looks like they're probably pointing at Charlotte. if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah, right now it's looking like we're pointing at potentially either Charlotte on Memorial Day weekend or perhaps Darlington yeah, yeah. the weekend before. For Memorial Day, as we're returning to the track, those are the two. Um, I actually I read some interesting stuff today. Potentially Darlington getting two races and maybe Charlotte wow. getting three, two on the oval and one on the road course, just because they're trying to get it to where these teams don't have to travel and get in hotels and all that yet they want that to be down the road now obviously if Darlington gets two races they were only slated for one that means some track is going to lose a race you know that that already got canceled somebody's losing something so it'll be interesting to see how it how it shakes out nothing's official yet but hopefully we'll have racing within the next two, three weeks, to we'll get something Me back too. on the track. I, you know, the draft, the, the draft
1: obviously was a little bit of a, a normal weekend because the draft was live and and all that good stuff. But yeah, man, I miss it. So what do you think of Newman and Kinship automatically uh, qualifying for the playoffs?
0: Yeah, so they're getting a waiver. So basically what that means is that that now, so Matt Kenseth is starting with zero points right now. He's got nothing. Ryan Newman's got 36 points, I believe, from what he accrued from the Daytona 500. So Ryan Newman's 29th in points. Obviously, Kenseth's got zero. So the rule is they got to get to the top 30 in points, which they should. neither one of them should have either, any problem getting to the top 30 in driver points. And then, obviously, they're going to have to win a race, to be one of the 16 to be there. So um, I was okay with them getting the waiver. The waiver – Originally, they said, you know, drivers got to compete in all the races. And that's why these guys getting a waiver because they didn't compete in all the races. Um, remember, Kyle Busch got a waiver back in like 2015 when he broke his leg in that Xfinity race at Daytona. They gave him a waiver and he ended up winning the championship after missing the first like seven or eight races of the year. Then he comes, you know, wins, wins, the, wins the championship. So I was OK with getting him a waiver just because the rule, I think, was originally meant for um, – Guys, to just not just skip races and focus on particular races, like, all right, I already won the Daytona 500. So I'm gonna skip the West Coast races and I'm gonna focus all my energy on, you know, Bristol or something like that. Well, now with the way they do the playoff points, you almost wanna you have to race every race because you need to rack as many playoff points as you want, as you can getting into the playoffs. So I was okay with them getting a waiver. And to be honest, I'd like to see them just get rid of the rule that you have to race every race. They're gonna race every race regardless, because they need it for the playoff points. Yeah, so so I was okay with them. How do you feel
1: about IRacing. I racing. A I, disclaimer here: I'm out on I racing.
0: <laughs> yeah, so so here's how yeah. my I racing started out yeah. at like a hundred. That first race, I was like, "This is awesome," which I believe was Homestead, Miami. And every race that we've gone, yeah. i racing, it's gotten a little bit, eh, eh, yeah. eh, every time. And now I'm about done with i racing. It, <laughs> what it did is it filled a nice gap for us yeah. for about three first three weeks when we were missing racing. But Bristol and Richmond, I was really out on Bristol. They couldn't. They couldn't stay green. They just kept having accidents. It was just too much. Uh, Richmond was kind of a boring race, really. I mean, they just they just didn't didn't do enough. And then Talladega last week was just. I mean, it wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't very impressed with what I saw at Talladega either. So I'm out too. But I will tell you one thing that I got out of Talladega. Did you watch did you watch the E race and did you see Boyer and no, Gordon together during the race uh, on race? I saw
1: it when they said, Did we just become best friends? So what what happened there, man?
0: Yeah. <laughs> So Gordon was racing. All right, so he raced the 24 Pepsi car. He raced it in the Talladega race, and then uh, Boyer was racing too. And they were racing in the same room because they were both in race reporters. So they were six feet apart and all that. They're social distancing, but they're both in race reporters. And basically, they're just going at each other because they both wanted to finish higher than the other one. So they're just having that competitive fire, and they were just they were just hilarious through the whole time, man. It was it was just. Good. Good chatter between them, just just good stuff. Boyer actually was leading for a while and then ended up blowing his engine because he overheated his car because he didn't, you know, he was drafting right. and sucked up behind somebody for too long and ended up blowing up. So but man, <laughs> him Gordon ended up getting into a couple big accidents. But yeah, it was Boyer did end up beating Gordon, but neither one of them finished higher than like they were both way down the way down the list and finishes. But those guys, man, they got some chemistry together. They can dig at each other hard and they love it. It's lighthearted. They're laughing about it. But yeah, Fox they're, is, they're they're pretty good. Known, I, I like what I saw.
1: Booth. They have got to. They I, I guess they'll wait till probably towards the end of the year and make the announcement, but there's you can't tell me they don't have a contract ready for Clint. You can't tell me
0: they don't. <laughs> they they got to, man. It it's Boyer, and I think Boyer's yeah. done what, I think Boyer's about done what he can in the car. I think Boyer having the little kids that he's got, I think being yeah. an analyst would be better, get more time with the family and that kind of stuff. And, and like I say, man, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I wouldn't yeah. be shocked if Kyle Larson ends up in the 14 yeah. next year. Yeah, it I, makes, I, the, it makes a lot of sense when you think about it. So, and, and, and that's what I thought about the most. I'm happy for Matt that Kent was able to come back and go out on kind of his terms and have another year out in the sun. But now that we're two weeks removed from it, I, yeah, I feel too. bad for Kyle Larson, yeah. man. I really hope he gets another shot. I know he messed yeah, up. Yeah, but he absolutely. did something he shouldn't it, have done. But I'm, I'm bad pretty, pretty sure kid. he'll be in a ride next year.
1: Hey, man, what, what happened to Carl
0: Edwards, man? Where is he? Yeah. So what? did you read, Carl got offered the 42 car as well. So Chip called Carl first about like, Hey, you interested in coming out of retirement? Wow. And uh, Carl had no interest from what I kind of read in the rumor mill a little bit that he was like, nah, man, I'm doing my thing here in Missouri and I'm good. So uh, I guess he's out working on the farm in Missouri. He, Carl wanted to go out when he went out and he went out and he hasn't been back since. And I, I'm, to be honest, I'm shocked when he retired, abruptly before I said, dude, this is a Mark Martin situation. There's no way he's going to stay retired for more than half a year to a year. Somebody's going to call and he's going to get back in a race car, but you know, Ganassi would have been the perfect, this would have been the perfect spot for him to get back in the sport if he wanted to. And obviously he just doesn't want to. So I'm happy for Carl, you know, do what you want to do. He's earned that right. He was a great driver when he raced. He's earned it. You know, if he doesn't want to race anymore and he wants to do the farm, then, then I'm happy for him, but I would have. I'd love to see him getting that car. Man, so that's just for Kensa, one of the all-time like mysteries. There, see what he in can do.
1: Sports, to me, man. I mean, I, that that's
0: unbelievable. I mean, he's literally disappeared, man. Yeah, at the top of his game, and then I mean, Carl Edwards, if you remember. Yeah the last race he raced was at Homestead. He was in the final four and Brickin Joey Logano Lugano, turned him and wrecks him. And and with like well <laughs> with like ten or eleven to go, it was Logano. I want to say that was the year Harvick won the championship, but Carl was up there, and and Logano they were in the four, and uh and then Carl retires at the end of the year, and I I thought originally when Carl retired, I was like, well, I think he was forced out of this because Aris really wanted Daniel Suarez, you know, to get that ride. It's kind of what I initially thought, but. Man, it's been three years, three years now. He's not back. So yeah, I think he kinda went out, man. It's uh it was a great weekend last weekend,
1: man. I, I mean uh the, I, I just thought overall man i thought the draft was excellent i thought with with everything in terms of the technology and just kind of you know it, you, you can see uh roger goodell he got a little tired there towards the end because he started out standing up and then the second round he was sitting down then the next time i think the third round he had a t-shirt on so it was pretty funny man but uh, I, I thought overall was probably one of the better <laughs> Uh, sports weekends that we had last weekend. Hey, real quick before we get out of here, the last dance yeah. bulls documentary. What, what what what's been your thoughts so far?
0: Okay, so I'll be honest. I'm two gotcha. episodes behind. I've only saw episode one and episode two. Okay. Uh, I've got three and four recorded. I'm planning on watching it tomorrow. But man fantastically done. The production of it's been great. Uh, Really like a nice live-in look at Michael um, and kind of what he brings to the table and kind of the spats that he had with kind of the owner and all that kind of stuff has been really cool kind of to see. I like it a lot. I think ESPN hit out of the park with this one Uh, i heard a rumor that kobe bryant might have done some of this same deal his last year and that they could potentially be doing a kobe documentary here in the future so i'm really excited about that as well because kobe was was one of my you know favorite players so yeah i'm i'm really looking i really like it um yeah, I heard, you know, guys at work been telling me. I guess I guess Michael's still cold-blooded, man. I guess he didn't have very good things to say about Isaiah Thomas still. I guess he still holds a little bit of grudge on uh Isaiah Thomas and uh and and I- I'm really interested to see these episodes I got recorded cuz uh I'm a big Dennis Rodman fan, man. I really like Dennis. I think he's such an underrated player. And uh so I yeah. I-, I guess one of these episodes they're talking yeah, a lot yeah, about. Yeah, Dennis they are. Career, you enjoy, so it, man. Really, yeah, really
1: I, um that. I I I'm just man, the more and more I think of it man i just don't I don't know how they're going to uh you know navigate this n b a season man i I just don't know how i mean they're talking about possibly uh having you know one site building multiple courts things of this nature man i just it's gonna be tough man it's gonna be tough, you
0: know. Yeah, I think I think that if the NBA, the NBA is going to have to do is they're going to have to kind of do what I've been hearing what baseball's thinking about doing, which baseball's yeah. talking about basically getting all the teams together in Arizona and having them play in one centralized location with a bunch of fields there think basketball if they want the season to go on they're gonna have to do the same thing they're gonna have to find a centralized location for the eastern conference teams centralized location for the western conference teams go ahead and do the playoffs and then you know have the east and the west then meet each other um is what they're gonna have to do but yeah i'm with you it's not looking it's not looking great to to get in uh, basketball back on track and getting these playoffs done, which would just man, it would be such a letdown. <laughs> no, no, you know, no, no, I no, believe no. in my heart the Clippers man, are the best you know team what? right now. I, you I probably was, believe in your thinking heart thinking the Lakers I was are the to best. A guy, man,
1: he was so. thinking. You know what, man? Okay, COVID has just really turned everything around. Man, you you could you you should just see them one through. You know, one through uh sixteen, and just go ahead and start that to where hopefully you did get the battle of L.A. in the finals, you know? Oh, man, that would have been awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Just, man, I, I've waited my whole life for the Clippers to have a shot at winning a championship, and then a then global pandemic <laughs> holds us down the year we finally have the best shot at winning one. That's if they're not the most cursed franchise in sports, then I don't know what the heck is. But, yeah, man, I'm with you. I hope we get get NBA back on track. And then kind of touch what you said real quick before we get off here about the draft. So, yeah, I don't know, did you yeah, see the crazy. draft got like 15 million viewers on Thursday night? Did you see that? Man, that is just it's insane. So, I was really happy the draft. Everything was awesome. now how happy that we get back to some normalcy. I thought ESPN did pretty good, but – I got to give one knock for ESPN because, man, me and my friends talking about this a lot. Man, like every player that got drafted, they put something up there about, like, how their mom was, you know, you know, into drugs or their dad was died at a young age. I wasn't really feeling that, man. I didn't really like seeing all that kind of stuff going up there. I kind of wish they would just stick to football about these guys and not give us that kind of personal level on kind of, you know, what they were dealing with as a youngster. I wasn't wasn't feeling that. But other than that I love it. Yeah, I, I agree with you and then what it did was, draft it,
1: was it just I uh I, I it just really solidified my once the draft was over, I wasn't gonna be turning back on the ESPN for a while, not until some type of playoff game or something like that, man. So that's all it did but yeah they did you're right that was absolutely yeah. uncalled yes. for I, I i i don't know what they were trying to do and then i didn't like the i mean you know i like Rinaldi, but come on Rinaldi. we didn't need the whole we were trying to escape what's going on we didn't need all these sapsop stories you know he get with the with the music and stuff like that i just didn't i didn't get it man i'm like come on guys we're trying to escape we're trying to just Totally think about football. Think about how our teams are going to improve and things of that nature. So yeah, you're right, man. But oh, I guess overall, though, you got to give them and the league and the NFL Network. You still got to give them. I, I would say a solid A with an asterisk for that for for those graphics and things of that nature. But uh, yeah, man. Yeah, it was it was a great weekend, man. And uh, so we'll see what's what, man. I will tell you what, dude. This was excellent, man. Uh, you, you did a great job, as you normally do. You brought it, and I appreciate it. And, uh, man, you stay safe out there, you and your family, and uh, we'll convene next week, brother.
0: All right, sounds good. Yeah, I'm going to get caught up on Last Dance here, and I would love that we'll go more in-depth on that. Man. I, Everybody have a talk. great night. Uh, we'll get to that next week.